Today's edition of the Spot Track Recap is brought to you by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, who empowers professional athletes and all entertainers with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more today by going to morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC. Good morning. My name is Mike Giannetti, managing editor of SpotTrack.com. We're back for another edition of this little Friday recap where we sort of dive into the quick stories of the week. Uh, nothing super crazy right now. A little bit of Antonio Brown craziness coming back into the fold. We'll uh, probably be hitting on that next Monday, Tuesday. But uh, for now, we're going to leave that alone. Let that hash, hash out a little bit. A little bit of basketball, then obviously a lot of football. Um, let's dive right into it here. The Lakers were sort of uh, given a little bit of relief this week. They had put in for a disabled player exception for DeMarcus Cousins, who has a season-ending ACL injury, unfortunately. Um, and in comes Dwight Howard to sort of cover his bases. But the disabled player exception is really important for two reasons. Number one, there's a little bit of cap relief. Okay, you get about $1.75 million in cap relief, which essentially becomes an exception that they can use to go and sign somebody else. In addition, the Lakers are granted an additional roster spot. So, yes, DeMarcus Cousins will be taking up a roster spot all year, but the, the Lakers can now have 16 members of their roster active. So they can go and get somebody new, and they have this $1.75 million to do so. And what's important about it is that veteran minimum cap number can be used at any point in time up until March 10th. Okay, so if they go to sign somebody February 1st, all right, let's say there's a couple of players that fall off with teams, you know, mid-year before the guarantees kick in, and they want to bring somebody in, they can offer that player the full $1.75 million. It doesn't prorate. It's not going to be half of that in the middle of the season. They can go in February 1st and say, we've got $1.75 million to work with. We want you on the team. So they've got a little bit of an upper hand there, not to mention the extra roster spot. So a little bit of a, you know, a positive from a negative here with the DeMarcus Cousins situation, but uh, we'll see. I mean, there's obviously not any uh, you know, huge players out there to bring in right now. I wonder, I, I do wonder if this is the move they make for Carmelo Anthony at some point, if he can still shoot the ball, we'll see. But you know LeBron's been pining for that for years now, and we'll see if that can come to fruition. But a little bit of, uh, of positive news for the Lakers here heading towards the beginning of the preseason, and uh, keep an eye on this. To football now, uh, we saw the uh, terrible Titans-Jaguars game last night, full of penalties, not full of touchdowns. Sort of got what you asked for last night, I think. But Jalen Ramsey did play. He played well. <laughs> Look at just my two cents on, on the Jalen Ramsey situation. He's a heck of a player. Um, he seems to be a heck of a nuisance as well, but you sort of live with that with the uh, performance you get on the field. The contract is coming. I don't think it's coming from Jacksonville, but let me put this in your ear. Um, I, more and more, you know, there's all these analytics out there. There's all these sites sort of doing the scouting for, you know, interior, exterior, downfield, ball in the air, all this crazy stuff. Here, here's all I know. Okay, and I read plenty of that stuff, and I try to, I try to you know, take it with a grain of salt. Here's all I know. The best wide receiver in football is DeAndre Hawkins right now. I don't think anybody's going to argue me on that point. And he's in the Jaguars division, <laughs> okay? And, it, and for me, the math is that easy. If that guy's there and you're going to play him twice a year and he's already under contract, then you better darn well have a cornerback that can shut him down at least to some degree. And Jalen Ramsey has been able to do that. The two of them respect each other. They have good on-field presence. It's a heck of a matchup when they do play. Uh, I realize he's probably a pill to deal with, and obviously there's been some uh, some recency to go with this. But look, if you've got to give this guy $16.5 a year for the next four years, you know, two and a half of that fully guaranteed right now, 
and you got to deal with his his arguments and his antics, I think it's worth it because of what I just said. It's as easy as that. If, I don't think you've got anybody else in that team, and, and it's a tall order to bring in somebody you know in the first round next year to be that guy. It's doable. You know, you're going to have to lose a lot of games to get yourself into the top ten of the draft. You know, and the one and two start is a good start for that. But I uh, I just think it's that easy. You know, some people are worth dealing with, and I think Jalen Ramsey on the field is worth it right now. So. I, uh, that's just my two cents. Do I think he gets a new contract this year? I don't actually. I think wherever he ends up, he's going to go to a team. I think that could really use just him for one year, more of a rental process. And then obviously as that season plays out, they'll, you know, that'll dictate if he stays and is extended or if there's a, you know, another move coming, but a team like the chiefs, maybe a team like the Cowboys, boy, I, I don't know if they can make that work really, but you know, they want to make it work to some degree, but, uh, yeah, there, there's teams out there that could really make this happen right now, uh, contenders. And I think they like that $3 million paycheck for this year. Obviously, it's going to jump to like $13 million next year, but, you know, that's where there's a there's a break. That doesn't guarantee until next March 20th. So there's a, there's a little bit of time to figure out his, his future immediately. And I don't think if you're going to a team like the Rams or the Chiefs or the Seahawks, who are legitimate contenders in the NFC right now and the AFC respectively, uh, I don't think you'll have to necessarily punch down a five-year, $16 million per year contract to make that thing process. So keep an eye on Jalen Ramsey. I, it sure sounds like, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen today or tomorrow, Friday, Saturday here. So keep an eye on this, and we'll be tracking that financially on the site as well. Um, another defensive back that appears to be, boy, on the out, but maybe in a different manner. Has everything gone wrong for the Jets this year or what? Um, this is just another, uh, you know, notch on this bedpost. My goodness. Tremaine Johnson, huge contract, five-year, $72.5 million contract last year in free agency. Um, we all sort of, you know, opened up our eyes when we saw those numbers. It was, it was a quick deal. It wasn't crazy impactful in terms of guarantees. It's about half guaranteed, uh, but he's, he's only going to see about $30 million of this thing when it's all said and done, maybe thirty-four, million, uh, which is what his two-year payout is here. Look, we, we knew this was going bad last year, uh, and, and since Adam Gase has taken the reins over, it's gone completely in the tank with Tremaine Johnson to the point of where he was benched last week. Um, the problem is they're coming out and saying <laughs> he doesn't like football anymore, he's disinterested, he's not giving us his full effort, and those are things that make him untradeable. And look at, he's got about $6 million left on the salary this year. Uh, which is what the, you know, the traded salary would be for a new team, which is pretty attractive for a guy who, you know, if you can sell it as a guy who still can play some football, probably is a tradable, is a tradable deal. He's got rolling guarantees from here out. His 2020 salary doesn't fully guarantee until the middle of March next year. So you can cut him and, 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 and the signing bonus proration stays with the Jets, you got to remember. So you're talking about a one-year fully guaranteed $6 million salary for Tremaine Johnson if you were to trade for him, still something a team could do, but you know, the jets are publicly saying this guy hates football. So you're pretty much taking a trade off the table. So let's talk about him being released now versus next March. Uh, like I said, his, his salary is fully guaranteed right now. There's $12 million of bonus proration still on this contract, which means we've got $24 million of dead cap right now. Okay. Excuse me. 16 million of bonus proration, 16 plus the $8 million salary. So if they cut him today, you're talking about a $12 million dead cap hit now and $12 million more in 2020. All right. Um, if they wait until March, obviously, you know, you get through this year, it's just the $12 million, which will all be hitting 2020. 
So for next year, it's the same to do it now or later. Uh, here's the kicker. That 2020 salary, $11 million, is injury guaranteed. So benching him is the right move if you're looking to release him or trade him or do what you're going to do because you don't want that to, that 2020 salary to kick in if, if an injury happens and he can't pass a physical next year. So it's a little bit risky to put him on the field right now for maybe football reasons and business reasons. But I'm going to expect that if, if it if it is as bad as it sounds and it sounds bad that he's going to be released. Uh, I don't, I don't believe he's tradable based on what he, what the jets are publicly saying, even though the contract, like I said, sort of breaks down to a decently traded contract. Um, so I expect a release coming, which means 12 million this year, 12 million next year, and he's off their table. So it's, it's going to be a bit of a da- uh, financial damage to the jets. They got plenty of cap space this and next year. I'm not, so it's not really going to be that much to deal with, but you know, it's a, it's a miss. It's a huge miss from, from a major free agent contract that a year and a half later will have to be expired. So keep an eye on that as well. I think that's coming. Like I said, they're the smart thing to do is not play him right now because you don't want that 2020 seller to become a factor. So one more headache for the jets going forward here. And then finally, let's talk some, some odds. Let's talk some NFL odds because boy, are there some numbers this week. And uh, it's because there's some pretty bad teams out there, the Jets being one of them. Let's start right there. Patriots are hosting the Jets. Uh, we know no, no Sam Darnold. We know no Trevor Simeon. Um, we, we know a couple of the smaller players are definitely going to be out. What we don't know quite yet is the status of C.J. Mosley. We probably will find that out today. My guess is it's a no. My guess is he's a no-go. And Vegas is certainly saying that because the line is 22.5 points to the Patriots right now. <laughs> which is a crazy number. Last year, it was, it was 19 last week for the Patriots with Miami. So um, the Patriots appear to be getting better and better. The Jets clearly worse and worse. I think C.J. Mosley is a big part of this because I think the Patriots will want to run on the Jets. And when the Jets played the Bills, the Bills could do nothing from sideline to sideline with the running game. They couldn't do it. C.J. Mosley is too fast horizontally, uh, too smart from, from a uh, rush standpoint and from a, from a protection standpoint. Uh, he changed that game when he was on the field, and the game changed around the Jets when he was off the field with the injury. So I, uh, I think he's a big, big part of this 22.5-point line right now. And if we do hear that he's going to give it a go, uh, that's a big number for the Patriots to cover. Certainly they covered it last week with, with Miami at 49 nothing, um, and we know what they're capable of doing. But just keep an eye on this one. Um, to go with this, another 22-and-a-half-point home favorite, the Dallas Cowboys over those Miami Dolphins. Like I said, they lost by 49 last week to the Patriots. The Cowboys looked amazing week one offensively. They didn't look as trim and slim against the Washington Redskins, who really gave them a little bit of trouble for the first half, and then you know, the, wag- the wheels sort of fell off the wagon in the second half a little bit until it got to a, you know, a tenable margin by the end of the game. But Washington could hang, and... Uh, and that's really the question that you have to ask yourself. Can Miami hang at any point in time with anybody? <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't think Dallas is, is New England. All right. So uh, I'm not sure, you know, that Dallas can go and put 40 points up every week. They've, they've, be, they've come close. I mean, they're, they're right there if they're not there. But uh, 22 and a half in Dallas. At some point, Miami's going to give somebody some trouble. It's, it's the NFL. Nobody's this, this bad every week. You know, there's too much parity to make that happen and too many uh, intangibles that happen throughout the game. But again, my guess is most people are staying away from both of these games because of that number. 
but we'll see. I, I wonder which of these two don't cover if, if either, right? Uh, my guess is that it's the Patriots. Uh, I think the Jets can find a way to make, you know, they've got en- enough players on defense to be able to stifle at least to some degree, maybe for one half, right? Um, so we'll see what happens. 22 and a half points for both those games. The other one, uh, boy, it's, it's a little bit shocking to me. I understand that Tampa Bay hasn't looked great, um, but they've had ups and downs. They've, they've had some decent moments. Jameis Winston, as he's been his whole career here, has shown signs of, you know, an explosive downfield quarterback, and he's got weapons. The running game has been better than we all expected it to be. Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber, they can do this. They can, they can be an impact on that offense, and they're playing the Giants with a rookie quarterback getting his first start. It's a six-and-a-half-point favorite for Tampa Bay right now. Um, like I said, up and down, up and down, up and down. Do you expect the Bucks to win by seven by a touchdown against the Giants? I'm not sure about that. I understand that the Giants have a lot of deficiencies that the Jets and the Dolphins do. They got they they traded away a lot of their defense. You know they're going to give up points. Here's the thing though, it's an over under of 48 points, which means either Vegas thinks the Giants are going to score a lot of points too, and the Bucks defense is that bad, or Vegas thinks the Bucks are going to completely blow them out. Because a near seven-point uh, spread with a 48 over-under means it's either going to be a one-sided game or a high-scoring but still sort of one-sided game. Uh, I don't see a lot of those things coming together with this game, <laughs> all right? I don't think the Bucks can blow anybody out just because of the inconsistency of that offense. Um, and I do think the Giants have shown... I think the Giants have shown a comparable start to the year that the, with Tampa Bay. They both have shown flashes. I mean, Eli's been average, you know? So is Daniel Jones going to be that much better than Eli Manning or that much worse than Eli Manning? I don't expect that. And you still have the best running back in football in Saquon Barkley on that offense. So I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling with the, the, the combination of a 48-point over-under with a six-and-a-half-point spread based on the way these two teams have, have shown through two weeks. So... For me, that's one I go all in on. Whether I parlay that with something else a little easier, um, or I just I, I stick my neck out with this game completely. I, I like the Giants to cover this spread, and I'm not sure this this game can get to 48 points either. So that's a uh, those are three uh three NFL spreads to keep your eye on this weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. You know, the uh, Chiefs Ravens game could be the start of a generational matchup. You know, the, the Mahomes uh, Lamar Jackson showdown. I'm not sure either of those defenses are worth anything right now. I think I favor the Chiefs defense, and, and certainly Vegas favors the Chiefs defense as well. But uh, keep an eye on that game for sure. That should be the game of the week by far. And uh, we will continue to do these recaps on a weekly basis. We'll be back Tuesday with the normal Spot Track podcast with Kevin and Paul, and then we'll uh, be back every Friday to keep these things going. So any questions, reach out to me at Spot Track. Visit SpotTrack.com to keep up with all the numbers, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>